0: Welcome to Witness Podcast. This is episode seven, and I'm Caleb Lytle. Um, I'm the part owner and creator of uh, of this podcast, and the Lord put this on my heart about a year ago, maybe seven years ago, or seven months ago, something like that. And uh, it's been a real blessing to do it and to share uh people's testimonies and that's what we're primarily about on here is um getting people on who have these wonderful testimonies of what jesus christ has done in their life um and how he's taken them out of darkness and into light and uh today i wanted to share my testimony i know we have a few other guests that are waiting to be on <clears throat> and we will get to them soon um but today I, I did i wanted to share my testimony and and really i want to glorify god's name and jesus christ's name above myself in every capacity because i uh, the closer I get to the Lord I realize how insignificant I really am in in and how significant Jesus Christ is. And it's not it's not a woe is me, I'm nothing kind of feeling. It's more of a humbleness of understanding who I am in relation to who he is. It's like Paul says I must decrease while Christ must increase. So um i definitely want christ to increase here and and i hope that y'all can see what a radical change he did in my life uh through this so let's let me get started um i'm a preacher's son my dad is a southern baptist preacher mr leo Lytle III. the uh, third and uh so we grew up we grew up in the Southern Baptist style, uh, church community. And, um, we did a lot of moving as a kid. Uh, my father believed that God would call in different places. So we would move a lot of different times, a lot of different places, going from church to church, city to city in Louisiana, sometimes further. Uh, and, um uh so there's that you know I I uh there's a lot of inconsistency there because you know if I think about myself for a second uh I had to be the new kid a hundred different places or not but a hundred but quite a few different schools um so that can be kind of jarring but um so anyway like probably when I was Let's see, when I was around the third or fourth grade, my mom and dad got divorced, and uh, and that caused a lot of confusion in my spiritual walk. I already wasn't trying to walk out Christ to begin with at that point, but I thought I was. And when that happened, it was just like, uh, you know, massive confusion on my end spiritually. You know, families aren't supposed to do this, and uh, they did, or ours did, uh, and then the divorce was very bitter, you know, so there was, there was a lot of animosity between the, my dad and my mom who separated and divorced, um, just over the kids and what's best for us and just in general. Um, sometimes I felt like I would have to take sides. So, you know, as a kid, it was just really hard to do. I was, uh, I became this great peacemaker, trying to please everybody. You know, when I'm with my mom, I please my mom. When I'm with my dad, I please my dad. Um, all the while, just kind of always believing in God, but not really following him. Um, before all this even happened about When I was five years old, I I remember feeling the presence of God for the first time. That was probably the only time in my childhood. Um, But I I distinctly remember that. I distinctly remember that. But anyway, so my parents got divorced. Um, um, And I I ultimately would stay with my mother for the most part. Uh, I was a mama's boy. And... um, Uh, so, uh, we, she actually eventually got me to a high school and I was able to stay all four years. That was really important to her that I do that because she saw us moving so much, uh, as a, as a, uh, as a kid. And so she really wanted that to, to happen. So that was a very loving gesture. And I really enjoyed that was able to have some sort of consistency in my high school, uh, which are important years for, for high schoolers. But by the time I was a senior, um, uh, I was running away from my home due to the problems at at home with her, with my mom, and uh, ultimately, even though, well, I'm not going to worry about that. But I um, uh, started watching pornography when I was probably twelve, so all through or thirteen, but all through my middle school and high school years years i i watched that i knew that was available and uh eventually i got i started using drugs not even alcohol was the first thing that i started but drugs when uh i was about 18 in in my last year of high school and ended up dropping out just couldn't couldn't function in school went and picked up a job waiting tables and uh eventually to be a bartender and uh so i spent the next few years just basically living you know living with different roommates and doing drugs and alcohol and basically whatever i wanted um i would date a girl and and uh you know kind of live in relationship with them and we would live together and you know that would kind of be that was my life uh, I, around that time eighteen nineteen or twenty um, I was really smoking marijuana heavily and i would hev- heavily and I would smoke that like all day every day from the time that I would get up from the time that I would go to bed and um I did this for a few years and um, um I remember uh before I started smoking weed and really before when my kind of my drug and alcohol use began about the age of 18, I remember finally thinking, you know, there is no God. Um, that was about 18 or 19 and I, I guess I felt that because there was just like, I don't know. I don't know why I said that, but I, just, I would just look at the world around me which you know my world was everybody was drinking alcohol and using drugs and just doing whatever they want and i realized like man there is no god in all this you know because people are just doing i'm doing just whatever i want and i guess that that's the first time i became an atheist uh or the only time I, that's when i started to become an atheist uh i remember that distinctly uh my memory does not let me forget that. And so, um, anyway, I fast forward to uh, using cannabis every day, daily, and uh, I uh, I remember there was this one. Per- I-, I decided to grow. You know, this is this is something that I did. You know, I don't know how much I can tell, but. You know decided to uh get in the manufacturing business at that time years ago and uh with it and uh i wasn't very good at it but um i um uh, there was particular plants that i was growing in inside my home at the time this was like you know 10 or 15 years ago and, um, my my roommate that i was living with they had a he had a big fight with his girlfriend his girlfriend left our house and moved in with somebody else and she kept calling she would constantly ring our house phone just trying to get a hold of him just daily you know um and i would answer him like hey he doesn't he's not here or he is here he doesn't want to talk to you you know you just kind of have to drop it and she was like well i know you're growing growing plants in your house and i'm going to call the police and i've done it before and So when I hung up the phone with her, I felt this overwhelming fear in my body. Um, But it also, it wasn't like a terrifying fear, but it was was almost a comforting fear. And I immediately went and got rid of the plants, you know, that I was growing and got rid of that. And sure enough, about two days later, uh, the Shreveport Police uh, Department, the DEA part uh, knocked on my door and uh, they turned out our lights and knocked on our door and my house was raided and uh, they they had the dogs in there and they were asking me you know where's where's the marijuana and uh, I showed them what little bit I had which was very little and they said that's it I said that's it you know that's what I got and uh, um, so I went to jail that night because I had a warrant, a previous warrant out for my arrest for a speeding ticket or something, and uh, I stayed in jail one day. My girlfriend got me out, but even when I got out of there, I uh, I realized that, you know, that I, I didn't turn to God, but I knew I needed to clean my life up. You know, so I began. I was a high school dropout at this point, on drugs constantly and uh, alcohol constantly, you know, living life as a bartender and just reckless and living however I wanted to. And um, I decided to start cleaning my life up, but I always didn't want to go in the direction of religion or God's way, you know. So I actually get my GED and I start college immediately. And I go to college for six years straight after being clean and sober. Well, I was still drinking alcohol and, and, look, and listen, looking at pornography, but I wasn't using any drugs. But I went six years straight through college uh, from a bachelor's degree in psychology, trying to figure out answers with myself. And then a two years master's degree in counseling psychology because I figured I wanted to help other people while also discovering what are, you know, what is wrong with me? You know, why do I have so much depression or anxiety and drug addiction and, and whatnot through this? Uh, I met a girl that I'm, that I married briefly and, but we lived together for five years. And, um, um, we our, our relationship was so terrible because partially, because I was so selfish that we had to go to counseling and they put me on medication for anxiety because I was having panic attacks and, uh, going to counseling, you know, monthly to see a counselor. And, you know, he would say, you know, what's your spiritual beliefs? you want to talk about God? I'm like, no way. Keep God out of that. You know, like, let's just talk about what we, what we have here. And, um, uh, you know, still being an atheist, but they diagnosed me mentally with, uh, you know, of course, anxiety. And then uh, borderline personality disorder, which is a poof, a pretty tough diagnosis. the person that, you know, very, very difficult to get along with at, at home or anybody that's close to him. He, he's hard to get along with or her. Um, you know, they're just like this... It just anybody with a personality disorders has hard, has a lot of trouble getting along with people in life, you know, and this one especially. Um, so I'm like, they have some therapy for this disorder. It's called dialectic behavior therapy. So it's basically where you sit down and read this manual, and this manual would tell you why you're jacked up, and then how to fix yourself you know how to think and how to how to just live a life so i'm like going through this book right trying to better myself trying to do better um so i I finish up my master's degree uh in counseling i i I finish that and i go straight into a two-year internship with the state of louisiana to be a licensed professional counselor and i do all that and um um um, at the same time, you know, I'm still using pornography. I'm still using alcoholism. I have this anxiety disorder. I have borderline personality disorder. Um, and so I'm still an atheist. So I'm going through life, you know, basically still pleasing myself. Just not out there like doing drugs like I was. Uh, but, but being able to hold down a job and in, work, you know, um, but but definitely living the way that i wanted to live but i was i was super you know unhappy although i was on a psychiatric medication which was uh uh like an antidepressant like zoloft although i was on that you know I was still it wasn't the it was i was unhappy like i was just unfulfilled like there was no meaning in life and that's kind of as an atheist that's the that's what i took as it was like life is kind of meaningless you live you die you know, and then that's it. Uh, you go, and when you die, you die. There is no heaven or hell. There's nothing after it, and um, uh, you just go. So, like my life up to this point in my mid twenties is just kind of, although there's I'm working and I've got this education, and and the world looks at this and they're like, yeah, this is you know you got you kind of got it going on. You've got a career, but my personal life is just, you know, it's in shambles. Uh, It's really just like a difficult, uh, very few friends and, you know, uh, just, you know, didn't know how to communicate with people at all, you know, very selfish, always thinking about, well, what's what's gonna be best for me? Um, What's gonna be best for me in this situation? You know, what can I get out of life? Uh, what can I get out of people? So eventually, uh, the girl that I, uh, the girl that I was living with for five years, we married briefly, and then we divorced after like a few months because I just I didn't want to I didn't want to be married to her anymore. And you know this is kind of where my brain was. And uh, so after about a year after that, I met another girl who I basically got pregnant, and uh, we decided to move in together, and we moved in and uh, uh I remember with her uh and this is my this is the lady i'm I'm married with now miss Peyton uh she's the co co-owner of this facility and uh of this of this podcast and uh she told me uh She was a Christian when we were together, but she definitely wasn't following the Lord, you know, and so we would i was always tell her how stupid she was for believing in God and, you know, how there's really no proof and, you know, why would you believe in something that's, you know, you don't see and don't have proof of. And I remember I got to the point though, where of course our relationship started to suffer with me and her. And so eventually she's wanting to go to therapy because she's like, you know, I can't handle this guy. You know, he's, you know, he's just, he's a basket case basically. And, uh, so she, she went in and, uh, she took us to a Christian therapist and the named, uh, uh, man clint davis counseling here in shreveport louisiana and uh he right off the bat you know started talking about god and i said well i don't want to talk about that and he was like well do you know where you are because we i was at a christian counseling center and so he's very bold in his faith and kind of called me out And the second session we had again he calls me out he's like you know you can come here he starts giving me truth for the first time Uh, which I didn't know it. He says, you can come here and talk about your problems, but you can't do anything without God's help. So I finally went home and uh, I was really struggling at this time with pornography use on the internet. And I realized this is for the first time I kind of wanted to stop doing the pornography, but I figured out real quick that I couldn't. And I never knew that I was hooked like that until I tried to stop. And when I couldn't, even though I wanted to, I knew I had a huge problem because I'd been doing this pornography now for maybe 20 years. Um, you know, often, excuse me, off and on, but, but for 20 years. And uh, I remember the therapist telling me that, hey, you can't do anything without God. And so, like, here I am. I'm in therapy. I'm on medication. I'm going to these sexual anonymous meetings to try to quit this habit that I really just can't quit and my therapist is saying hey you can't do anything without god so i just remembered i'm like you know what i have tried therapy i've tried medications psychiatric medications with which i'm on you know uh i've been to therapy for years like i've i've been so destructive with my relationships over the years uh you know like, I'm just going to try, I feel like I've tried everything, I'm going to try this, and I remember opening up the Bible, and for the first time, uh, just re- just reading the scriptures, and I don't, I don't even know what I was reading, what book or what, you know, but I remember I felt this sense of peace come over me, and it was for the first time I was able to not masturbate to pornography. Um, like when I you know it it was like God's word had got into my flesh and there's a sense of peace and I was like I I, you know I don't have to do that today and so I kept reading it and I just read the Bible for a week and, and the Bible kept telling me to do things so I'm like okay well this is a lot like me studying my borderlines little manual dialectic behavior therapy now they want me to do that, that uh, DBT wanted me to do these certain things to get better. Now the word of God is telling me I need to walk out this, walk these things out to get better. So I just, I just stay focused on the, uh, the Bible and what it tells me to do. And so a week, about a week later of me like, you know, reading the Bible, uh, trying to do what the Bible says, walking it out in my life, I'm alone, reading my Bible again, and the Holy Spirit fell on me, and I didn't even know that that existed, uh, that part of God, and of course, it just radically changed my life. Uh, When the Holy Spirit fell on me, honestly, I felt like things came off of me, spiritually, and then I, I heard laughter. In the room, I don't know if it was in my head or, or uh, audible laughter, but it was uh, as if what I think now is that these strongholds of demonic activity, you know, kind of left me when the when the Holy Spirit fell on me. Uh, maybe these strongholds that have been a part of my life causing chaos, but what happened at that point is that He totally took my desire to look at pornography away, just like that, in an instant, just like that instantly. And I know that our culture loves to hear stories like this cuz they're like poof, yeah, he instantly took that away. Uh, you know, but he he really did. Uh, he really took that away. Now there's still problems in with the flesh obviously I'll have till the day that I die that I that he hasn't instantly taken away and I have to constantly work at and strive for until he's ready to take it away and make it make it right more more Christ-like. But he did absolutely take that away and i just i just went i remember i sat up all night that night i think i i maybe slept like two hours just in awe of god not only the fact that he is real but that he accepted me into his kingdom after i've been an atheist for 20 years there were even points in these 20 years where i would try to talk people out of being christians Mm -hmm. Where I would, uh, you know, of course, make fun of my wife for believing in it, and just this huge like jerk. Basically, most of my life, you know, uh, are, you know since basically since twelve, just living for myself, and all this that I was doing, and he was like, "Boop, I don't even care. You believed in me." You're trying to follow me, and now you have to have the Holy Spirit to help, to help you know, to help you uh, walk out my statutes and, and and be a follower of Christ Jesus. So it was pretty amazing. It really was pretty amazing. Uh, shortly after, I'm like feeding the homeless with my wife and uh i'm I'm like begging god i'm like you know what what else can i do like i'm feeding the homeless like you said i'm loving people trying to forget about myself my flesh and uh and uh boy he he came to visit me one day the holy spirit did and uh he said i want you to i want you to start preaching out on the street to the homeless and, and continue feeding them so i did so that's funny because that's how God is, you know. Like, so I'm I'm one of those guys. Like, I'll preach out on the street, you know, right in downtown Shreveport. I do that for many years. I still go down and and do ministry work and feed the homeless. So to be faithful for what He called me to do, uh, but it's it it's pretty. It was pretty amazing. And uh, he gave me the strength and the power to do that. I'm not saying that anybody that's listening to this that's an atheist or something that, always oh, going to call you to be on the street. No, like I wanted to do it. I was so willing to do anything for him in those early stages of of our relationship that uh, he knew that I would do it, and he called me to do it, and I certainly did. And my wife was like, okay, we're doing this. And so we started with maybe two homeless people and it grew to over a hundred over the years, and we would minister to people. I remember my first, my first sermon or preaching out on the street. It'd just be a little word, you know. I dropped the f bomb, and uh, <laughs> on accident, of course. But you know, the homeless people were like looking at me, shocked, and they were like, "Well, keep going," you know. <laughs> But I was such an atheist forever. That was my lifestyle, and then I changed over almost instantly into this, to this, uh, to this new kingdom, to being in the light. But uh, you know, not all of my behaviors have just changed instantly. You know, we have to grow. Um, and so now, you know, just a just a synopsis of my Christian life. You know, my my relationship with people has gotten so much better. Uh, with my wife, we've been married five years now, been together seven. Uh, I can just communicate with people. We have two daughters, one one daughter on the way. Um, I try to focus my mind on, on humility, which is looking after the best interests of others instead of looking after, you know, ourself or myself. And God grew me ministerially. I mean, I... I uh, I started out on the street preaching, and then after about a year and a half, it seemed like that was kind of coming to the end of how we knew it. Uh, so we ended that, and then he he grew me into a church at Freedom Church, which is a wonderful wonderful church here in uh, Shreveport-Bossier uh, area. Our actually in the Bossier area, and they they are growing, and uh, boy, they have so many wonderful things and the. The preaching is good and the leadership is good, Um, and and they're getting out to the community and drawing people in. And I can see all these new faces that come into the church, and uh, it's it's just so good. And they were thinking about putting me as an eldership me, an atheist, as an elder of this church. And I'm thinking to myself, God, this is just this is just you know, it's only been three years uh, of of following following God, you know, and and now this, this wonderful church that I, uh, that I go to think that I would be in a good, a a leadership position, you know, it was such a great honor. I don't know if I ever told them um, about that, but I had a few like preaching, preaching like experiences over this last six months and I went to one church in uh, East Texas and, and did a sermon, one of my dad's old churches. And, uh, he, uh, you know, they were thinking about, hey, we might want to interview you for a pastor position because we're, we're needing a pastor. So, uh, at the same time, Freedom Church was wanting to make me an elder. So I called the pastor of Freedom Church and I was telling him what was going on. And, and uh, um, I was like, man, I just don't want to like pick up my family and move like I did when I was younger. So even if they call, I made up my mind, even if they call, like, my family's here, I'm going to look out for my family first. Even though I'd love to be in full-time ministry somewhere, that would be nice, or part-time ministry or, and get paid for it, or whatever the case may be. Like, we're just going to sit here. And uh, that's kind of what I told the pastor. And he was like, good. Well, when I, I hung up that phone with the pastor of my church freedom church uh, uh man my stomach just really hurt i had this like intense like sickness in my stomach and i knew i'd said something wrong you know out of the lord's will or whatever um because i was giving my allegiance to freedom and what they were doing there and so anyway that very same day like i didn't think my, nothing of it had stopped hurting and that same day i went home and Uh, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge or basically a vision of what he wanted me to do, uh, from that point and basically says, you know, I want you to start a home church. And, uh, that's what he, that's what he put. And I, I've always kind of had a negative attitude toward home churches because I'm like, well, these people are going in their home because they don't like what's going on in the traditional church. Uh, but the way that the Lord put it in my heart is, is like, you know, it's just different. Uh, and you don't know what I have. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. You know, I mean, ultimately you do, but like, you know, why you're on this earth, you know, you, you don't know what what's going to happen and, and how I need to set my people up. And basically this is what I want you to do. So, um, so we, we sat down with Freedom Church and told them we were going to go in that direction. We felt like that that was the best thing. And of course they were so gracious and, we love the fire out of them and uh and and they they do the same towards us and have been very very gracious uh but we have this new venture now me and my wife and so we're going to start a home church here in shreveport or actually Bozier city and uh it's going to be called vine and it's going to be called vine home church Uh, and so we're very excited about that very very excited and really it's 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 crazy because like god has had so much mercy on me and he's had so much mercy on my family like i you know what i deserve for everything that i ever did and how i live was just is hell like i could have died at any moment during those times i was an atheist and and went to hell you know and like he spared my life not only is he spared it but he says well i love you i always did love you you didn't you didn't love me but i love you and i allowed you to do what you wanted to do and now he's grown and developed me in the ministry you know i just this is this is the god that created the universe and like he really is full of mercy. He's really full of patience. He's really full of love. And all he's asking us that are Christians now to do is like, hey, be like me. Be here here are these nine fruit of the spirit. Why don't you go after those and think these ways? And there are these all these there's these things that these fruits of the spirit that if you think that way, they really will just set your mind free. You know like I've been working on humility um, and it's just like man the more you think about humility and the less you think about yourself you will set yourself free it just does it automatically it's such a paradox cuz you think like well I want to set myself free how do I do it well stop thinking about yourself that's how you do it think about everybody else you know what I'm saying It's it's such a paradox So I just, I just, I just really, I praise His mercy. Um, And I I, I can say that uh, being obedient to God, is like, that's how we show love back to Him. And you know what? It's not this perfection thing. You know, you don't, you don't want to beat yourself up over all your sins, but you know what you, there's a sin problem and sin gets in the way with fellowship with God and also allows demonic activity into your life okay it, it causes sickness diseases like the bible says it causes death but you know what we have a king and every day we can ask for mercy and forgiveness to get out of the bondage that that sin can get us in okay and that forgiveness in Jesus' blood and what he did for us can set us free and every single day we can start new okay so like like it says in hebrews uh Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart like they did in the days of the rebellion. Uh, listen to him. Listen to your conscience. Your conscience is going to tell you right from wrong for most of the time. Uh, if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you know, your 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 conscience is picking up what the Holy Spirit is doing. And, and for the most part, you know, sometimes it tells you the wrong thing to do, but um just listen to it obey him follow him like he's he's 100% madly in love with us and uh i just i just don't know what else to say to glorify him like you know what i'm saying i just feel so honored that i'm here um i i feel it's just like i just constantly want to lift up his name and what all he can do from us for us um and what all we need to realize that we need to do for Him. And you know what? It's not about this feeling of us always getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I know I got caught in about a year in my ministry where I'm like, I'm not feeling the Holy Spirit all that much. And I'm thinking, well, you know, does He love me? Or uh, what's the deal here? And then I realized, like, you know what? He did all this for me. Now it's, it's time for me to give my life to Him and to follow Him. And if He chooses not to give that... Uh, much holy Spirit, you know he al- always will give his peace of mind. He's always going to make you peaceful if you're following him, if you're not sinning and if you are sinning, asking for forgiveness get renewed and get out of that bondage of sin uh, and continuously progress towards him. Uh, so he, he's saying, hey, I'm lonely and hard, uh, I'm gentle learn from me he's like everything jesus is like everything i do i do what my father tells me to do and that's how i'm supposed to live that's how we're supposed to live uh and i know christians all all the wonderful beautiful christians that we have in our our state here in our, our city they're they're doing that they're just totally trying to find their way and, and go after god and uh, it's pretty amazing so Um, I really just lift up his mighty name. Uh, Caleb Lytle doesn't matter. What matters is that Christ is preached into all the world. Uh, so that's, that's my testimony. I appreciate you guys listening. This is episode seven of witness podcast. Uh, we are going to get to the other people for interviews soon. We're probably going to do one of these a month, uh, and uh, y'all wish us luck with buying our, our new home church and that uh, whatever God is is wanting us to do out of that, that we we pray that we need understanding and faith with that uh, and wisdom, and wisdom. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Big shout out to Freedom Church. Wonderful church. Please go by and, uh, and check that out if you're in the streetport bossier area. Really, 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 awesome place great leadership with shara and uh and tim die all right y'all have a blessed day